Hello and welcome to The Film Angle. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. And today we are talking about... Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and... Oh, sorry, Chris. No, no, I was just about to say, like, you singing the theme of the me and Indiana Jones theme, I think I heard less of it in the movie than I just did there. Ooh, ooh, one of my te- big gripes. <laughs> <laughs> Teaser for what's coming up. Uh, we are also going to be talking about the new Wes Anderson film, Asteroid City. But before mm-hmm. we get into all of that, Chris, I just want to talk. I just want to talk Indiana Jones in in, in general with you. Uh, sure. Go on. Lay Heard it on it. me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's this it's like this little series of films that I found last year. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find it on. I guess this guy on TikTok I followed. He kind of let the let the canon lease on it. No, but mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, where do you start? I mean, I think we have to go back to our five year old selves <laughs> and tell the story from there. Really, I mean, but like, this is part of everybody's, you know, formative years of being a kid. I think it's a part of all of us, really. Um, you know, d- d- it's intergenerational and it's. It's epic. It's it's uh, it's the ultimate Harrison Ford performance. It, it I don't know. It, it, it's so many things. It just conjures up that childish wonder of of adventure film and and also kind of like a masculine role model when you're a real kid. Like you kind of put this kind of guy on the pedestal and you just want to be him. It's like Han Solo, but like I don't know, even cooler for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I guess because he's because uh, he's like nerdy and and, and cool. Whereas uh, yeah. whereas Han Solo um, is a bit more like he's a bit of, he's a scoundrel, isn't he? At the end of the day, I think I probably like didn't distinguish that as much as a kid. I was very much like, oh, it's just Han Solo with a hat on, but it's not yeah. Han Solo with a hat on. And I think I feel like having rewatched um, the the quadrilogy recently, I've kind of, I kind of realized just like just how good Harrison Ford is actually. And he's really good at stepping back into these characters. And he's had to do it a lot recently with the legacy sequels to Blade Runner and Star Wars and yeah. and now Indiana Jones. Um, I think sometimes really- he like he commits more to some than the other. I think it just pre- <laughs> it depends on where he's at <laughs> in that I day. Don't know, I don't but he, he's, he's been so good in... Yeah, sure, sure. Like, I, I think especially as his Deckard, when he returned as Deckard in um, Blade Runner 2049, he's only in like 30 minutes of that movie, but heck, I think it's like the most committed performance he gave in years. Um, he's Yeah, he's softened up a bit because like he in the in the kind of press for the Dial of Destiny, he's he's, he's a bit more kind of emotional when and nostalgic yeah. when, when thinking <laughs> about uh, Indiana Jones. Really interesting. I think he's brilliant. I, I really do. I am... Um, I watched one of his recent thrillers as well recently, uh, Presumed Innocent from mm-hmm. the 90s, yeah. and and he's just so good. He like I kind of I think I kind of slept a little bit on just how good Harrison Ford is. He's brilliant, but he's brilliant as Indiana Jones. And you're right, it's uh, it's a series of films that 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 stems from my childhood as well. I'm not sure how young I was when I saw them, but all I remember is that I got the DVD box set for Christmas. So DVDs were a thing then. So it must have been like later childhood, past five, because like five was like VHS tapes. Sure. And then as I was getting closer towards ten, I think DVDs started coming around. So it must it, it was early DVDs. I remember that so that much. 
I never, I never owned these on digital media. I always just like because they played them over here in the UK on ITV and Channel Three. We call it, you know, they play them every, they play them every week when I was a kid. So you know, or ITV Two. You know, you you never could escape it. It was like every time it was on TV, but just put it on and just never doesn't matter. Like if it's a third three or nearly the end, you you just watch it. Well, that, that that was very lucky for you, Chris. I was I was in Germany where we had oh, right. one English TV channel, so I couldn't just watch it. Yeah, Jones were out. Well, actually, I could because of the you DVD could, but it would be in German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to watch Indiana Jones punch Nazis in the you know oh yeah the place of origin for Nazis. Yeah, did you have to like pull the shades on when you watched that? <laughs> no, no, I you know it. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Germany's a different place, man. Plus, punching Nazis. Exactly. No, not all exactly. Nazis are Germans. You know, he's punching Nazis and, well, yeah, I guess all of them apart from, No, he's only two of the movies, right? Yeah, it's true. Temple of Doom uh, sounds Nazis. He punches, like, heart-stealing uh, guys and and then... I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the it's the Soviet Russians, isn't it? It's the KG, KGB sort of guys in the... In yes. The, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. Are there no Nazis in that? Probably not, is There's there? There's no Nazis in no, no it's, Nazis. It's, yeah, Kate Blanchett doing the Russian thing. That's funny that like I associate Indiana Jones with punching Nazis. But then again, I guess now we've got three films with him. Yes, that's true. That's so, true. But two, it was half and half, really. Um, so where do you, like rank you know before we talk about dial of destiny before walking into this you got the four indiana jones movies where do you rank those sort of so because this is kind of like this does really vary from person to person it it does it does when i was younger i um i thought i thought temple of doom was the best one yeah Uh, for me it was the most amount of fun um but i i I rewatched them all recently for for the Dial of Destiny. I hadn't seen them in a little while. Like it's been a while since I've I kind of just went through all of the films. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like Temple of Doom has not aged particularly well. And as much as you got to watch it through the lens of, of uh, you know, yeah, when it was made. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was not, it was not the best one. It, for me, it was the weakest out of the original three, but it is, um, still better than Kingdom it's, of Crystal Skull. It's like the one out of all. It's a theme park ride that movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But like, I find I find it fun. I think the creativity of the opening scene and yeah, it, best opener. I would yeah, say hundred percent. And it turns into the sort of musical number action scene. And yeah, it, it's it's really fun. I think as a kid, you probably really identify with Short Round. I think every, he's like he's like every kid's little. Um, access into this world you know like you're almost like the kid looking up to andy and you're kind of living your dream through that character um, yeah, you want to be short round yeah and it helps that short round's really really cool too um yeah. i love the music in number two as well like short round has his own thing that john williams wrote and they use it a lot in the movie it's a lot of fun i think probably yeah it's probably like as a kid you like all the heart taking out stuff and all the <laughs> disturbing stuff even even I know there's a lot of like flack for the, you know, how the female characters are portrayed and, you know, it's kind of like a step back from the first movie, but you know, it's fun. It's, it's like the whole thing that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, whenever they were conjuring up this character was that they were, you know, nodding their hats, no pun pun intended to, um, to the old original serials of the thirties. And, 
you know, the schlockiness of those. And in, 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 that, in, in a way, that Indiana Jones movie is the ultimate replication of what they were trying to do. So I can I, I have fun with it for that reason. But yeah. probably like art from an art perspective and, you know, culture, culturally appropriate uh, perspective, it's probably the weakest. Um, and, and, it's and hella that, racist. I know. And, and this is, and we're talking about a franchise where half of it is spent punching Nazis as well. And you're still making that comment. So, um, yeah, no, I, I have fun. It, it's like a weird it little, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. It's a, it's like it's an a weird, alternate story. Yeah. It's a weird prequel come sequel. Cause like it is a prequel. But it, like it references that it's very strange. Yeah. But it is. But it is. It's like we we've dropped this character into another adventure, and that's what I like. Like George Lucas is very good at this. He was very good at this when writing the Star Wars films. Not always a, a great dialogue guy, but in terms of like just making, <laughs> yeah. In just, terms of like differentiating the films from each other, each film feels different from the last. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I I think Raiders is my favorite, but yes, I would totally uh, agree. An argument could be made for the Last Crusade, and I, I kind of rewatching that one. I I really was just like, this is so much fun. Like that is the most that one is now yeah. the most fun, and it is the funniest one as well. It is it is very funny, and it's kind of globe tropping, globe yeah. tropping, trotting, globe yes. trotting, and just you know lots of nazis being punched and um as a yeah. kid like the the three trials stuff i i absolutely yeah. fell for i loved loved that part i would like fast forward to that part of the movie just to watch that yes and yeah. like when they pick the most like glamorous uh the, uh, the grails yeah yeah glamorous yeah. grail thinking that's the one that jesus would have but no he's Play just, oh, yeah, yeah. just carpenter boy and you're like oh so smart man so smart. <laughs> uh yeah there's 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 a lot of good stuff going on there and you know the cameo to end all cameos hitler turns up so yeah. you know I, I think a lot of people love would it be as good though without the amazing dynamic between ford and sean connery as like as father and son i think that's really what carries that movie and makes it like yes. standard from the rest i think it's a little bit i think it's a little bit more i don't know meaty in like a, in a baggy way compared to the rest of them so i think that's why raiders is just like a slim you know really you know actually quite low budget surprisingly like just epic action movie that just knows when to kneel it and i think yeah. that chase sequence um going oh. through the moroccan desert is like just one of the highlights of the whole series and i, I get like goosebumps every time i watch it It just moves so well i, I forgot will... just how good the action was in yeah. these films like the action is incredible it's so visceral it's so tangible and i feel like they're just just hollywood doesn't make them like yeah. this anymore like the closest film to to kind of encapsulating that kind of action these days are the are the Mission Impossible films. I, it's so funny that you bring up Mission Impossible because I was just about to make the comparison between Indiana Jones and Ethan Hunt. Who <laughs> what makes no? But I know they're they're both completely different. But what makes them both some of the most entertaining like action figures on screen is that one you know that they're going to make it for the end of this because they're badass. But two. They're really vulnerable at the same time. They get mm-hmm. whacked around, slapped around, in, in often quite comical ways. And but you know everything's going to be fine. It's just this sort of like 
relatable every manness to their mythical quality. I don't know. There's something like it captures both at the same time, and I don't know like many you know other action movies when you're seeing somebody like like Arnie or you're seeing like a fast like, you know, Vin Diesel character where they're just trying to look cool all the time. It's mm. not as fun as seeing somebody who's really, really likable and maybe a little, even a little bit goofy just gets slapped around, but ultimately prevails at the end of it. And I think that's, that's yeah, great comparison. The film that always I, I remember most from Mission Impossible is Mission Impossible 3 because that truly is the one where like Ethan I know Hunt you love that one, yeah. everything. <laughs> I love Mission Impossible 3. It might be my second favorite Mission Impossible. <laughs> well, we've got, yeah, we got to wait for next week as well where we got the new one. But yeah, so we really digress there. I think we're saying that Temple of Doom, least favorite, and you're saying Raiders. Ooh, out of the three. Oh, just because oh, there oh, are right. four here. So like Raiders, Crusade, they could interchange depending on my mood. <laughs> Temple of Doom, and then Kingdom Crystal Skull. However, it's not um, a bad movie. It's not, it's not awful. It's not it's awful. Not, it's not awful. It's not a um, great movie. It's not a bad movie. No, but it does, watching them in quick succession, and I... I I think the problem with with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is like I did not rewatch that as much as the others. I was I was older, and the discussion uh, leaned towards everybody hating that film, mm-hmm. and therefore you like you kind of just I just kind of was like, yeah, that that film sucks. Did you see it when it was released in two thousand and eight? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it in the cinema. Saw it in the cinema. Thought it thought it was fine uh, from what I could remember. And then, like having not watched it much since, you kind of just kind of go, "Oh yeah, everybody hates that film. It must be bad." Uh, watching it again, I was like, "Okay, I can see why not everybody likes it." But watching it in quick succession with the other mm-hmm. Indiana Jones films, it does feel like an Indiana Jones film. And yep. I believe there's been a slight recoloring of the film on disney plus so like uh it does actually look more like an indiana jones film as well which is nice i remember it being a lot kind of more digital looking cleaner and digital um i mean that might just be me misremembering uh but uh, i did read online that there had been some tinkering on some of like one of the 4k releases or something apparently they tinkered with it a bit so yeah you you mentioned you watched a few weeks back and then you mentioned me in person that that this change looked like it was made and then i went to rewatch it about uh, two weeks ago and i yeah i completely agree it's like a film grain added to it that has a little bit more especially you can see in those desert scenes at the beginning where it just has this bit more of that filmic quality and i, I do appreciate that um it's funny now that like back then the discourse was like oh my god harrison 40 so old he's oh, yeah. he doing indiana jones and i go back you know after watching title of destiny i go back to watching kingdom of the crystal skull I'm like, oh, he looks, he looks good. He looks really great yeah, there. Like, he, does. He, he still looks up for it. He, he you know. doesn't look old at all. I remember him being no. in the cinema being like, man, Indiana Jones is so old. But he really is not that old. <laughs> He's really not that, that old. Film. It's the, the problem is, is that Spielberg and Lucas, they, they love, they love to, to, you know, test new technology and kind of break the boundaries of that. And yeah. the, it's, it's the very, very CGI chase scene in the probably just the start of the third act in that film free the amazon yeah it it just it doesn't hold up nearly as well as raiders chasing which looks real probably because it was you know harrison ford was hanging off the back of a truck 
uh, in the well, desert. Yeah, and you yeah. just think, like, it's, <laughs> so it's bloody just as Harrison Ford was. <laughs> well, I heard Harrison Ford did a lot in the first, but then obviously he... He did not do the bit where he was holding on to that whip and <laughs> being dragged through the gravel. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did he? he did. I think no he way. did. I swear I saw something the other day. Uh, where you know, I've been deep diving more into the kind of behind the scenes, but um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he did. But he did, he did barely any of the stunts in Temple mm-hmm. of Doom because he did his back in, and then I'm not so sure on, on Crusade. But can I can I have a take here? What I will say in Kingdom's defense, I think it might be Harrison Ford at his funniest in moments. I think the the I think the quicksand scene is like one of my highlights of the whole franchise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I love like I love the the kind of I know it doesn't get come to fruition. We'll come to that when we talk about Dial of Destiny, the whole passing of the baton to uh the character Mutt who is, you know, we learn is, you know, spoiler alert is if you haven't seen it, it came out like fifteen years ago now. Um he he is his son and I like you know, there's a scene where Mutt gets uh, bitten by a scorpion. And I love like I love the humorous like wisdom that Indy has in this scene where you know he's like ah he's like Mutt's like ah, Scorpion just bit me and he's like was it, was it a big one? Yeah, it was huge. Good. <laughs> if it was a small one, don't keep it to yourself. <laughs> and I love that. It's like it's just like a I love that little like wisdom and it's like, oh, it makes you think is this, shit, is that true? And I, I like that's what I like. And it's that kid quality of me coming back into the movie, like being absolutely like you know, mesmerized by uh, this guy and his adventures. So yeah, I, I, I think he's really funny in this movie, and I think that's what I got from it. I think it's the yeah. filmmaking that lets it down, which is weird for a Spielberg movie. I was about to say, I'm not sure so much. It's it's the technology. Yes, of sorry. The time yeah, I, I think because yeah. because Spielberg still knows how yeah. to shoot a scene, and you know, had had it all been done practical, I'm I'm sure it would look incredible sure sure um but like he knows how to move a camera yeah do you, sure. do you like the nuking of the fridge that seems to be the bit that everybody uh uh seems to seems to jump on i i didn't run into it as much this time because i thought again it's that watching them in quick succession you know they survive a plane crash yeah in, they, uh, they, temple uh, of doom by uh, by an inflatable raft, raft. Yeah. you just think like stupid things have happened it maybe does it up to 11 but it kind of it kind of works yeah it i don't it doesn't bother me I, when i watch it i'm like i mean you could have came up with another way to like avoid him getting into a fridge i mean but it's it, it, it's interesting it's uh, it doesn't bother me at all you know i think people get more bothered by the by the shia labeouf swinging for the trees of the monkey stuff <laughs> yeah. like tarzan and yeah, uh, definitely. But it's it's fine. It, you know what it is. You, it's not going for ultra realism, is it? It's um. But yeah, yeah. I, I have no. I have no notes on that. Saying to be honest, it did, however, leave our hero with a with a very happy ending. He gets the girl. He has the kid. He has the family, surrounded yeah. by friends and family. And then that's it. That's that was it. That was it forever. It was a pretty good ending. And uh, well, in hindsight, it's a pretty good ending. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Shall we move on to uh, the latest Indiana Jones film, The Dial of Destiny? And mm-hmm. as always, when we discuss these films, full spoilers, it's very difficult to talk about these films without spoiling them and having a good discussion. So uh, if you haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet, um, come back later. Or if you're not fussed about spoilers, stick around. Sure. Yeah. But 
Dial of Destiny, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny <laughs> strips our hero of his happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> and we find Indiana Jones. Puts him in the hands of James Mangold. Yeah, just, you know, dead kid. <laughs> Divorced. Oh, or at least uh, separated. Uh, living Look, in New York we- with his kind of not nearly as prestigious uh, teaching job and just yeah a yeah. grump of an old man yeah the kids aren't as into his his teachings like remember in the old movies where like all the girls in the, in the classroom were like gushing over him and now they all just look bored he's just an, just an old man just kind of reading the text off the off the projected screen but yeah i mean we're skipping we're skipping the prologue the oh yeah it's like is the infamous is, prologue in, the the night infamous prologue um yeah, um, we were. I think it was what I was most curious about because seeing the trailers, you know, I think they're very wise in the trailers about what de aging they were showing. Mm. Um, particularly just any time where he doesn't have to move his face, <laughs> it seems to be when it's most successful. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, whenever he's leaping through the trains of this opening uh set piece. I kind of just every time I just thought he looked like he was on the set of the Polar Express and he was one of the Polar Express kids. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very. Is, it's it's strange to me, and I you know I don't fault this film because of its CGI. I mean, I, I you know I saw the Flash the Come other on. week. Uh, you know, it looked better. Is that than worse? That. Oh yeah. Oh geez, by like by like a million like clip. Awful CGI in the Flash. Um, Am I but, seeing that? Oh man, it's bad. I mean, this this is just kind of. I mean, we've seen this kind of like de aging before. It's not always worked well, but it's I was better surprised. limited when you use it limitedly and just kind yeah. of like yeah, Blade Runner. I don't know how that. I remember at the time being impressed by that. I bet if I go back to it now, Rachel might look a bit dodgy. But no, but like Rogue One was. I remember Rogue One. Doing that very badly. Rogue One did it badly with Leia. Yes, but Tarkin looked okay, but they almost overused it to the point that you then knew the human eye just knows. It it is, it is that we 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 see the uncanny valley. But I was surprised that this wasn't as mm, more developed uh, than than it could have been because we've seen now in the Mandalorian. I know it wasn't the Mandalorian; it was the the Book of Boba Fett where they did Luke Skywalker. And uh, I mean, they did do it in in the Mandalorian. They did do Luke Skywalker. It didn't look good. Uh, But in in the book of Boba Fett, like it was almost seamless. Sure. I I was blown away by that one. But this and it's the same company. I was just like, okay, it's not perfect. Is it ILM that does it? Well, I just meant like Lucasfilm in general. But yeah, Yeah. most likely ILM, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just any time that. That uh, Ford turns his head left or right or does any sort of movement, he just turns into video game cutscene character. And yeah. you know, I, I don't really feel like I'm being unkind because it was distracting. You know, I actually think the opening set piece was kind of well orchestrated. I really actually enjoyed Toby Jones in the openings. I, you know, it's, it's really cool to see Toby Jones do these sort of movies, and I like it every time he pops up on screen. And it was kind of fun opening, like callback to the like something that would come out of uh, the Last Crusade. It felt like that, but it was just all the other stuff going on. There's the same. I can't. I couldn't even believe that 
this isn't even a de-aging thing that the part when when Indy is running on top of the train and this is really wide establishing shot of him making progress going up to the front train car and it's just his his silhouetted figure running through the train and he just looks like a PS1 like character running through he's like how did they like not even get a guy just to like or a stunt double just to like to run on top of a train it was like it just felt so portraying to like what Indy is and what it is is like a gritty dirty get your hands in stunt double sort of movie and that's what it kind of prides itself on and then you're just seeing it reduced to its digital format i was so relieved when we left the prologue and we got to actually just see harrison ford's real face with real light yeah. on it and pores on it you know even even if he even if he did look a bit <laughs> a bit haggard but um it's actually, a shame because like that sequence in general is kind of like oh yeah you know back to the the old mm-hmm. adventures or at least getting to see indiana jones during world war ii something we haven't haven't seen before only only heard about his uh time uh during the war um and you know had it been executed better maybe we would have sunk into the film a bit more but because mm. it's the opening opening scenes and you're going oh yeah I'm, I'm, it doesn't look amazing uh i mean yeah, it looks, i mean it looks good there's no doubt it looks good but it it's not seamless so i wasn't like i didn't sink into the film i wasn't like we're back I baby yeah and i should I have been it good it's you have to bear in mind it's 15 years and like anyone who's going up to see this movie you know you don't want to be that guy but you're sitting there waiting to be you want to impress you you know yeah. you're like like show me what you got the sequence and, uh, itself is is fun though like i love i, I, I love the bomb going through the 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 building, the castle, uh, yeah. you know, as it slips through each floor and he's, he's hung by a noose and he's, you know, trying to escape. Like, I, I, I love that. That did feel kind of classic. Indiana it's just a shame Jones. that, but he looked like Beowulf. <laughs> that's yeah. the problem. That's, a, that's the only thing. I mean, like, uh, yeah. And also the, it's hard, it's Ford's voice now, you know, it's, it's well. Yeah. And I didn't hit up against that as much. I've heard a lot of people say that, but maybe I was really, I don't know why I didn't really like. I didn't clock the voice so much. I was the just voice, like, yeah, it sounded, it sounded, it didn't match the body for me. But again, I, it sounds really petty, and I just urge people just to see it for themselves. I saw on the standard screen they actually are they are showing this movie in wide release in IMAX screens, and I can imagine if you see it on an IMAX screen, like that's just going to show the problem even worse. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I feel bad for saying it, but. You know, it takes you out of the movie, and like that's the last thing you want is to be taken out of the movie because then you're just watching stuff happen, and you're like, "Oh man, I'm not, I'm not catching up with this." Um, so yeah, we we crash forward to um, it's he's living in New York now, isn't he? And he's living yeah, in an apartment. He's in the apartment. There's bottles, empty whiskey, beer bottles everywhere. Oh, it's moon. It's Moon Day, so you know this is yes. Uh, you know the the day of. Are they launching the rocket to space? I think not so much landing on the moon. Okay. I think they're celebrating. Are they not celebrating the 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 landing? Are they celebrating? Oh, I don't know. I don't know my history. Yeah, yeah, I switched off a little bit there. Um, <laughs> but he makes he still looks good. I must say, Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah, yeah, he still he yeah. still he still gets to the gym. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, um, I could only dream of being as in shape as that eighty-year-old man. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he not he bangs on the door of uh, of the hippies downstairs for to turn their music down. That's where we are with our with our hero. Now he's comp- you know the shadow of his, of his former self. Um, we get introduced to 
Phoebe Waller Bridge in this, who mm-hmm. is getting a lot. Like, I feel like getting a lot of like public flack for her role in this movie. I I, I loved. I thought I thought she was. I know she was doing the flea bag thing, but that's her. Like, and I really she was fun. Yeah, she's she was fun. She. I mean, like, I think obviously. Oh. Who fought her own, I don't think. You know, everybody was worried that, like, oh, they're just going to replace, you know, Harrison Ford with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. That's not the case. She's just another one of the kind of wacky side characters that that kind of follows him on his adventures, as there has been in every kind of film. She's a little bit more, uh, like, Temple of Doom Indiana Jones. You know, she, she does some of the same kind of things as Indiana Jones, but she's a lot more in it for the money than anything else. It's kind uh, of a she, mixture of all those characters. Isn't yeah, she, she even she's has her own short round. Yeah, she's she's both like they play her off as this like a trustworthy, a good person, but also would like maybe do you dirty anytime too. So there's like an unpredictable nature to her character. I thought she was quite good at that. Um, like I I, I bought her as like a capable. She's she's it's worth saying like the prologue saying it's like um. Toby, it's years later. Toby Jones, um, they uncover like a part of a is it a part of a clue that leads to it or part of the dial itself? It's half of the half dial. of yeah, half of the dial. And uh, Indy's old friend, played by Toby Jones, who we don't see in any other film, coincidentally, um, is obsessed by this half of the dial and becomes you know you know a golem <laughs> really over this thing. And um, yeah, and ultimately this kind of this legacy passes down to um, his daughter. He's played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So she wants to tag along and, uh, you know, get to the bottom of this thing and enlist Indy to help. Um, I I thought she was one of the more enjoyable parts of the film. I enjoyed, I enjoyed her in it. Um, Yeah. I enjoyed her in it. But yeah. um, Mads Mikkelsen. Ah, yes. Uh, Also from the prologue scene, the prologue sets up the whole kind of, future of the film. Mads Mikkelsen is a Nazi who has now is now working for NASA, essentially, um, and helped helped put the men on the moon. Um as he's a he's a he's a scientist, I guess, of some sort. Yeah. Um but also after the dial of destiny. Um I just see kids when see this movie that like he haven't learned about the moon landing yet. And then they're going to like go back to their class or tell their teachers that a Nazi helped to, helped NASA get on the moon. And that's well, I mean, there was there was a lot of I don't know my history as well as maybe I should, but like I believe either there's theories that some of the Nazis helped NASA, or like it is true that like some of the scientists that were used by the Nazis ended up kind of coming to the America and 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 helping out in their kind of. Space program. So a fun, a fun nod to that. that I that feel theory. like that's something I've heard, maybe. But um, yeah, he's still a Nazi, and uh, right. he's infiltrated the FBI, and um, and is of his uh, convincing accent. <laughs> yeah, trying to. He's, he's following a professor at Alabama or something like that, isn't he? Yeah, he's following Phoebe Waller Bridge because he knows that she is going to find at least half of the Dial of Destiny and then through her and Indiana Jones lead them to the to the other half of the yep. Dial of Destiny. Um, and then the idea, the magic behind this um, MacGuffin is that um, it can take you back in time or, or mathematically find fissures in time in which they can go. And his idea is to go back to 1930s Germany? 19th. <laughs> 1939. Yeah. Yeah. Kill Hitler 
the st- when the when, when I think it's like when they invaded Poland. Yeah, so he wants to kill Hitler, but take over Hitler's place and win the war because he's just yeah. like I could do it better than Hitler. Yeah, he said he says the line: um, "Germany didn't win, didn't lose the war. Hitler did." Yes, so, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he still believes in the cause. He just believed that Hitler was the wrong man. Yeah, on. and he's 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 got his he's got his uh, American Nazi friends to 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 join him. Uh, yeah. you know, is it is it Boyd Holbrook who's kind <laughs> yeah. of learning German and stuff like that? But he's just like a trigger trigger happy American. Um, yeah, which, the haircut's great. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we haven't spoken about the big kind of third act set piece yet, but that like they do go back in time, but not to Germany. Uh, but just to quickly say, I did think it was hilarious that you know the the trigger happy American is the one who's oh. just like, I don't know what to do. I'm just gonna shoot at the road. Oh, it's so <laughs> so funny, right? Yeah, they um. Yeah, Mads gets his way. Uh, Indy is pr- uh, is kidnapped and prisoner on the back of this plane and uh, and tied up. And they're on a one way ticket into this fissure that's opened up. And they they've got the dial, or so they think, to take them to nineteen thirty nine. But obviously, they've made a mistake. They go through anyway and uh, come out the other side. Like, oh, we did. Mads is celebrating. We we did it, Mister Jones. And then it turns out they're back in. Um, during the Roman <laughs> period, and uh, in the middle of this massive battle with these with these ships, uh, it, um, wait, does this do they say what battle it was? Uh, probably it? it's the one that Alchemedi Alchemedes uh, is making the dial in, and essentially, sure. I think the idea is is that. It was never going to just send them back to anywhere they wanted. It was always going to send them back here. Yes, he that's right. Needed, he wanted help. Not that they really give it to him. They just kind of disappear. But we can get into that. We're skipping whole other chunks of the film. Sorry. That it's might it's, be just, what, it's, it's my fault because I just, I just love that <laughs> the, the, the Boyd Holbrook just starts you know shooting Roman ships from, from the airplane. Like, it's oh, going to help. So that bit's so funny. He's just like he's just, and it's not even like he's got a minigun like Henry Cavill and like in, in Mission Impossible Fallout. He's just got like he's just got like a cult pistol. He's just going into like legions of armies and just shooting people. Um, yeah, that's funny. But yeah, go we go back a little bit. I think I think that's the kind of the point though. I we kind of urge ourselves to kind of skip Act One and Two because. I don't know. It's, I, I actually am a bit fuzzy, especially on the middle section of this movie, because it, I just find the, a lot of this movie to be dull. Yeah, it. it I mean, as much as it, it hits the right beats of an Indiana Jones film. It, on, on an AI, like mechanical level, like, oh, this is supposed to make you feel like this right now. Yeah, it just it just it lacks it lacks something. And it's 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 not the you know Harrison Ford's doing a great job. Phoebe Waller Bridge is doing a great job. I think there's a lot of characters that seem to be quite underwritten around them. So like she has her own short round. Mm. Who isn't short round? But like he doesn't he comes in quite late into the movie. Yeah, he doesn't really and... do much. I don't really care yeah. about him. The film itself is really long. It's two and a half hours. It is long. It feels it long. long. Um, Antonio Banderas shows up at one point for, and just kind is like fun. some random fisherman. Does no, it wasn't. And, it he gets, was just, and he get and he gets third bill on this movie as well. <laughs> he's in it for like ten minutes. He's he gets like, like six lines. 
ridiculous. Um, and you know, you know, they go underwater and find the other half of the doll and whatever. And uh, they, is... make a, they make a snake joke, but it's not snakes; it's eels. Mm, very uh, good, very yeah, good. That, was, that did kind of make me laugh. Yeah. You know, there's or, a tuk tuk like... race. Oh, sorry, you were going to say sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it was kind. Of, you know, the kid. The kid um, said that. Um, oh, they kind of look like snakes. And then Harrison says, "No, they don't." <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. Um, but yeah, tuk tuk race. Right, right. Action Which... in general in this movie, like the stuff during the, the like the moon landing, where you know all the you know all the celebrations on the time and Harrison's on a horse or the tuk tuk. I think the thing we're comparing, like what made the scene in Raiders, the chase scene, so good was just like high pitch in that place. And it's not actually like, it's fast paced action, but you can see everything that's going on. Everything has a bite, everything has a hit, and it feels slow at the same time. Here, everything is going like 100 miles an hour. Why are these tuk-tuks like going like 80 miles an hour down these streets where you just can't like, there's no, there's no real sense of place. There's no, mm-hmm. everything's so artificial. Yeah, and as much as the, like, it doesn't look bad. Like, it does <sighs> look good. I, I think... But it still doesn't feel real. But not like, like in it terms of feel real. In terms of like modern day action films, like it feels like just, it just looks orange. It just feels <laughs> like another orange. Yeah, they do have that tendency of just going to like a foreign place and just whacking a yellow filter over it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the action again, it all just feels kind of like that. It was fine. Like mm. in theory, that New York action scene. You know, if I told you that it's a classic like, Harrison Indy Ford was gonna like ride a horse into the New York subway and all this kind of stuff, you'd be like, "That sounds so cool!" But like, it's fine. Everything it's about it devoid is... of feeling. Yeah, it, yeah, it really is. I think it just I... lacks. It lacks purpose. You watch your whole time. You're watching this. You're like, you're still pinching yourself, and you're reminding yourself that you're in 2023, and you're sitting in the cinema watching. Uh, an Indiana Jones movie scored by John Williams and starring Harrison Ford, and you're still like, it's like a fever dream. You're like, this is real, but like, it doesn't feel real. That's what the whole yeah. movie just felt like to me. The whole experience. I th- I, th- I think what it is is like I I was I was wondering whether you know with with the kind of rise of fascism in our modern day politics, I was wondering if maybe the film was going to deal with the, the American Nazis, essentially, in, in any kind of, like, like what was... The, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, like, why... Why, why does this thing exist? Yeah, why does it exist? Why why are we bringing I'll back tell, Indiana I'll Jones? tell you, like, every other legacy sequel, money. I hope not. I hope not. It is, but, you know, it, it, is. it is, though. It is. It is. It is, because there is, there is no story reason as to why this film exists like indiana jones had the happy ending so so what are we trying to oh, say yeah. here well, well we, we, get, we get it ruins the happy ending doesn't it it like ruins the happy ending even though like the emotional that emotional one emotional beat in the film is probably the best bit and it is where he talks about the fact that mutt dies and and yeah. and or died and phoebe waller bridge you know says to him like oh if you if you could go back in time, what, what would you do? And he said, I'd, I'd stop my son from enlisting. And like, I don't know, that hit me. I, I thought yeah. it was really sweet. And it was a good way, you know, Shia LaBeouf's a problematic person. They weren't going to bring him back, uh, you know, it, it, it's so because true. of that. Awesome. And because like his character wasn't the most beloved by original fans anyway. So but that's so that's a really interesting thing you're tapping into, you know, like the outside persona of the actor kind of like actually lands the scene. There's like a sadness there in a way. Um, 
I don't like know. we lost the old trailer buff. Yeah, sh- sure. Um, but yeah, I, I and I think also Harrison Ford, he did the same thing in Blade Runner. I think where where his age actually shows his vulnerability a little bit more, and whenever he does, he, he can actually he can do sad pretty well. Actually, yeah. um, well, he is just playing the same beats from the Star Wars Force Awakens, isn't he? Really, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've yeah. lost my son. Obviously, this time you know a little bit more metaphorically in in force awakens but all uh, the things like like a, like blade runner star wars and this he he plays an old man he's he's lost somebody and his marriage is broken down uh, what yeah. is it they just they're just like harrison you're really you're really good at that can we can we just yeah. keep rehashing the same <laughs> things and here it's like the same studio the same sub studio you're just like oh man i don't know i just i just i don't understand why this film was made um, other than the obvious, um, well, Marion just... com- when Marion comes back and does the, they do like a rule reversal of the um, where does it hurt scene from Raiders mm. of the Lost Ark. Oh, that was sweet. I quite like that. That was nice. But that ending did feel like. Oh, then it just I, I, the movie like for a movie that's two and a half hours, and then it's just like it just sort of ends at the end. I was like, oh, okay. It sure. feels like they didn't know how to end this film, and I like I get this feeling that like, there was an ending of this film it. where Harrison Ford or sorry Indiana Jones did stay in Roman times and just die. I I feel like there was a, there was a version of the film and it didn't go down well. And yeah. because if you think the more sense. I think about that ending, and I do the third act of this film, I think is the best. I agree. Uh, Okay. I keep saying third act. I don't know if there's three. It was it's the, 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 the final, the final half section. hour of this movie. Yeah. yeah, final half hour where they they do the the timey wimey stuff, and I was worried that that would be stupid. Um, yeah, I didn't know they I didn't know they would definitely go fully fledged time travel. Um, but the thought of it kind of went. Mm, we're not sure if I want to see that, but I guess we have seen magical things in it. <laughs> I was just surprised that they spent the money on it. <laughs> yeah, and but then again, like they, the thing is, they don't really do much. They fly above it. And then they yeah. land externally to everything that's happening, uh, and then obviously, every, you know, bad guys die. Um, Harrison Ford has been shot. He's like, ah, oh, just leave me here to die. And you kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess that's a kind of nice ending. I'd be sad if they killed Indiana Jones, but I guess that's one way of doing it. But then Phoebe Waller Bridge punches him so hard that not only are they able to oh, yeah. fly back through time, they're then able to get a flight back to New York, despite the fact that he is like the most wanted man in America. <laughs> get get back, back into, into his apartment, call all his friends, <laughs> and then just have him wake up and be like, oh, hey, everybody's here again. Yeah, That's she how a, hard she punched, punched him. The crap out of him. It doesn't make sense. Oh, man. No, it, yeah. And he didn't, he didn't get to make that choice so like in a way emotionally well he was talking he was speaking nonsense he was out of his mind (laughs) yeah but like his arc like usually the hero decides the right thing in the end and and here he didn't really get to make it's almost like she's the audience isn't it's like no we're not saying goodbye to you yeah that's why i just feel like i wonder if that that scene was kind of tacked on and i was half expecting short round to show up and if and if Kwan did show up, I would have been like, well, obviously this had been uh, filmed uh, at the very ma- last minute. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? You know, I love Phoebe in this, but like, if they wrote the role really well for short round and brought him back as the sidekick again, yeah, and like even fun. yeah, and obviously they didn't realize just how big he was going to be. But that I also feel like you're so stupid for just like 
not even considering him before he was big again with uh, everything everywhere all at once. But like you do think like they could have been they could have reteamed up in World War Two, and he could have become obsessed with the Dial of Destiny and then brings it back. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. There's lots of things you it would have been. I, I, I want to see short round again, man. I can't believe we didn't get that. But no. But I also didn't want him walking through that door at the end. I did think it might happen, but I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> I guess it's it's like Rise of Skywalker again. It's like, oh, this could have been good. Like I still feel like there was a good Indiana Jones movie somewhere. It's like it could have been made still. It was like very very fine. It was like <sighs> I the whole was... film. I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I'm, it's hard I'm not though feeling it, but then that third act, I was just like, oh, I actually do like this. This is fun. Maybe I think this the character more and then the start the nostalgia for that character goes a long, long way. You almost feel like you almost feel like you're portraying the character by disliking the film afterwards. And like mm. the more like the more separation you have from the film afterwards, the more you're kind to it. It's like it's a, it's a strange yeah. relationship. I feel actually. bad as well because like Harrison Ford clearly loves this film. Like he's tearing yeah, up. I, I remember talking him, like, about it. He loves he, this film. Wasn't like the first Comic Con announcement. He was like on stage saying like he fixes is the best one. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad he's able to kind of get some kind of closure with this. I I mean, part of me just feels like, mm, I, I feel like they need to do another now to just kind of close it off even nicer. But then also I'm just like, let it die. It's not going to make its money back by the sounds no. of it. it never and I think, I, I think it's a big lesson for Hollywood because they spent $295 million on this. Really? And that That's is a, a ridiculous amount of money to spend on a film where like, it's not... It is nostalgia. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel epic. It, I don't think no, there's okay. as much nostalgia for Indiana Jones as there is for things like Star Wars. Obviously. Do you feel but, like this feel like a Disney? Like, apart from that, like third act, or I keep saying third act, that final part of the movie, it felt, but like, like it felt like a Disney Plus film at times. Like it felt like I don't know. Yeah, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. It's high budget, but looks like it just cuts all the corners. Yeah. I can't believe they spent two hundred ninety-five million on it. That is a bad, bad decision. I mean, it was probably plagued by COVID and and all that kind of stuff. So that Look, I, I'm not a financial. I'm not like a financial genius on film or box office. But I don't think it takes a genius to like know that Indiana Jones Five does not going to make that sort of money. <laughs> you know, it's just even from the outset. It's not, and it seems like Hollywood seems to be spending a lot of money on films because I think The Flash was on a similar budget, and and again that looked awful. I don't know the where that money. The Impossible was two nine five, I think. Yeah, at least that looks expensive when you see the trailer. Anyway, I mean, I guess we'll find out next week or the week after, won't we? Um, when we actually see it. But um, reviews are good. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like that. I I, I just don't know to make the money back you need to have a, a wide range of audiences i don't know if kids love indiana jones anymore like you and yeah. i do from our childhood but like does anybody younger than us care about indiana jones i haven't i have and then some kid. of the people older than us probably might have said after four they were like ah well they screwed it i'm not i'm not watching it again it's so hard, isn't it? Like I haven't like you know sat down or like with a kid I know or anything or what and or a teenager and watched these movies or even asked them. So like I don't know. I, I've, it's strange, isn't it? I think it might be. Oh, that's the thing that my my parents like 
romanticize and they might distance themselves from it. I don't know. A relationship from kids and movies now is completely different. I mean, I just like, I used to like to, I wanted to watch anything that somebody else was watching. Like if if my dad or, or my friends were watching it and i hadn't seen it i needed to see it i you know mm-hmm. I, I i had an itch and addiction to having to like absorb anything i could so it depends on the kid i suppose but yeah it's uh it doesn't seem like indie is is cool anymore oh. yeah but it's you, a shame. you can't take those original three films away you can't They're, no. they'll always be incredible and people are reassessing now. I, you know, I heard, I heard Mark Kermode actually said in his review of Dial Destiny that, you know, well, maybe the, he said that like, I don't think that the original three films are as good as everybody remembers it. I really don't. I, I don't agree with that at all. Like I, I watched, I watched those movies objectively. I really, really tried. I tried to. I tried to. And, I, <laughs> and, the, and the end, and the end up thrilling me every single time. It's no small thing. Speaking of big budgets, though, we should we talk about small budgets? The other movie we caught up with a day later um yes asteroid city wes anderson's newest um film this time he's dipping into the world of of sort of well science fiction drama a little bit of like looking at um how the construction of 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 a performance or 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 a set of people and, and, and a production is kind of formed up. It's this kind of meta and physical movie going on at the same time. This movie was only $25 million, actually, which which is pretty, actually pretty insane, considering probably this is probably one of his most impressive casts. Yeah, yeah. It's a big, big cast of A-listers all trying to do their little artsy project. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, spoiler spoiler alert, I think one of us liked this more than the other did. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I didn't hate I didn't I didn't hate this film. I, I, I did actually like it and uh, it's Wes Anderson, like his his films always look incredible. You're um, you're a bit like you're a bit touch and go with him though. Like I, yeah. I I'm, I'm like the fanboy and I like everything. I like early Wes Anderson even more, but like I yeah, like I, I I always look forward to one of his movies and I think I, I stand up for him because I think a lot of people are very easily dismissive and snarky about somebody who invented a genre. <laughs> I th- I think people are almost getting maybe slightly tired of his style. Right. I, I, I don't think that's a, a, a fair criticism because I think, you know, that he has built this and that is his thing. Um, I do, you know, his films are gorgeous. Like, there's no doubt about it. Gorgeous. And I love my two favorites, uh, Rushmore and Grand Budapest Hotel. So that's me. That's my fandom. I don't know what your favorites are. No, they're good. And everybody, like, looks, like, amazing in these movies. Like, everybody looks statuesque and, and, like, you know, (laughs) I would take a, if if I wanted to take a free paycheck, not getting paid at all, just to just to be shot in one of his films, I, I would take it in an instant. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Rushmore is is an incredible film. Um, so, yeah, so is Grand Budapest Hotel. Like Riff Fines is just so iconic in that in that role. Um, mm. But for for me, um, the first Wes Anderson film I, I had ever seen and I, I stumbled upon it um, was Royal Tenenbaums, and I just remember like. I'd never seen a style like that before where everybody spoke in this strange way. You know, it's like everybody is, everybody is sort of strange and peculiar and kind of cute, but they're not aware of it. 
you know i, I that's one of the thing the thing that I, works about his style is like everybody is is off kilter but the people in his movie in this world like they don't realize that they're part of a strange you know act they're just yes. existing in this world um and i think that's the thing that really works rule ten and bombs just made me laugh so much i think jane hackman He's, he's still going, by the way. I, you know, they they showed photos of him, um, you know, outside his home, didn't they? Like a month ago, and it's like he's. I forgot the guy's still. The guy's still going. He's like in his nineties, but he is so funny in that movie as like the deceptive, horrible ex-husband, um, patriarch of the family, Royal Tenenbaum, who who uh, fakes having cancer um, to get back into the family. Yeah. It's, 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 it's deplorable, but really, really, um, a funny film. Um, but yeah, and his, and his style is adapted over the years. I don't think he's, he's a one trick pony. I think he, I think he, he tries to mix up, challenge himself, reinvent himself in his, in his own little space. And, and, you know, everybody's saying that this is the most Wes Anderson film that was ever, I don't know, I don't really agree with that. I think Asteroid City has purpose. I think it's, um, you know, on on a surface level, can appear like a very shallow film, but I think it might secretly be one of his like most subtext heavy movies. Um, but it's it's you got to keep up with it. That's what, that's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing this like there's a lot of layers to Asteroid City, and but like nobody's really told me what they are yet. You know, like I'm hearing <laughs> there's a lot of subtext and all this kind of stuff, but like. I don't know what yeah. is going on underneath all of this. Um, again, I, I I I didn't dislike the film. I, I liked the film quite a bit. I thought the uh, emotional scenes, especially uh, near the start of the film with uh, Jason Schwartzman and um, Tom Hanks, which is his first uh, Wes Anderson film, I believe. He fit in very well, I thought. Um, I thought they were great. They were building up to this interesting thing. Uh, in fact, I, I think I kind of, I, I think I loved most of the first half of this film. I loved the quirky alien coming out of the oh, skies in yes. <laughs> that kind of weird stop motion style, and I, I, and then, and then it just kind of all, which it, turns out to be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this whole framing device of it's, it's a, it's a TV show about a play. Yes, about the story that we're seeing, which you know I I, I liked, but I, I didn't feel like I felt maybe the framing device was more show off. Even I think I think itself. it builds up. I think it I think it uh, it shows you know promise towards the end where we really get the the payoff with the mother. You know the storyline with um, Margot Robbie's character, or is it the wife? Sorry, the wife who passed away. Um. Is it, sorry, am I missing? Am I? I'm, well, I'm plot I mean, here. yeah, she she was going to play the wife that passed. Yes, passed yes. Away. And it's almost like he's speaking to his his his, his dead wife, isn't it? I, I, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're this. right. You're right. But it, it it is also like she's giving him. Um, but like it's a sense of closure for that character, like that he wouldn't have got in, in, in the reality of this play, but because it's kind of how hard, it's really cringy and corny to say, but it is how, you know, art, art and real life kind of mix and intermingle together and how characters within a story can really like, they exist outside of their mold. So, you know, there's a real sort of, even though his films 
and the sets that he conjures up are very two-dimensional or 2.5-dimensional. They really um, have characters that, that feel like they're they're three-dimensional and they, and they exist beyond this realm. I love the opening shot of this movie where it establishes just the set that we're going to be on. I think, that's, I think it's really fun where we see the half-completed um, bridge. Um, yeah. Got a real laugh out of me whenever I saw that. And uh, it, it's just like, it, it's. I think it's... Um, it's a film I'm going to have to revisit a couple of times because it's so fast in, t- in terms of what it's trying to deliver to you. And I just feel like, you know, I have to, you have to meet the challenge in a way. And I think a couple more watches of this. And I think, you know, you can really tap into something really special. It's like, yeah, I, I, I haven't completely figured it out. I haven't really read the discord online. Um, it's yeah. What is the subtext, Chris? <laughs> well, th- what I'm saying is, I can't, I haven't really got there yet. I feel I feel I feel it right. I, I I hear it. There's there's everybody. There seems to be like interested in that sort of fifties paranoia and how that kind of actually maybe might even translate to our time our time experiencing with COVID and our sort of sense of loss of control well, over they did something that we are down. limited in understanding. They did lock them down in the film. I did wonder exactly. if there was maybe some kind of parallel. This was his. COVID film. Sure. I'm not sure. I do feel it just kind of built up to not much. Like at the end, it just kind of ended. And I was like, oh, okay. I, was, I wasn't I was really sure how I felt. But may, may, maybe that was, maybe the idea was, you know, like COVID times, it was this kind of big thing. We were all locked down. We were unaware of what, everything that was going on. And then, and then you know, obviously it's mm-hmm. taken, this takes over the span of like a month or something then but here in in our life it's kind of like we're just kind of like oh we're just back to normal now yeah as if nothing happened um but like at the same time a lot did i don't know if maybe that's what he was going for maybe that mm-hmm. is the subtext I, don't know. I, I i think probably people might be struggling entering this film as well because i think that he's always been very heavy on how the movie is constructed, laying out the principal players and the structure of the story. And I think this movie probably does that to the nth degree where it really like emotionally disconnects you at the beginning, where you're really just trying to get your bearings on where the story is going to go. I think it's his most non-linear film in terms of like, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really have a plot. We're sort of just spending the time with these characters and seeing where they sort of go and uh, that's why I really think that it deserves like a revisit. Like now you know where you're sort of contending with. And it's a really text heavy film returning to that and kind of digging in. But, you know, I, I, I get why people would be struggling because maybe that's not the rule of a film. Maybe a film should be able to convey that message on the first go. Um, but it does leave me interested to return to it. And yeah, I mean, it sounds like a really basic thing, but. You know, you cannot contend with the, the aesthetic that he conjures up here. There's gorgeous blue skies and that desert atmosphere. Oh, um, you, just wanna, you just want to, you just want to, yeah. I, it's the only time I've ever wanted to go to a desert, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's a stunning film. Um, it it's is interesting. A, I think it's the only film, Wes Anderson film I've seen in a cinema. So, like, it's kind of weird film to see uh in in like a multiplex and like you don't really know the you know the backgrounds of other viewers or how well they're versed in like if seeing uh, a wes anderson film and you're kind of trying to like gauge the vibe in the room all the time because you know his movies are always very chuckle worthy but you know it, it, it it's knowing when to like laugh or respond to things is quite interesting yeah. sometimes too um, i thought this was not as funny as 
it, it mm. could have been. It's not. It's not. It's not Grand Budapest Hotel for laughs. Um, no. The Brian Cranston like entering um, into the into the frame at the wrong time thing was very funny. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I think. Do you know? I think this was a problem with Indiana Jones. Not to go back to review that film again, but like, if, we like, spent forty minutes on it. <laughs> yeah, like Dial of Destiny wasn't that funny either. I thought. I thought. I, you know, Criminal, like criminally unfunny. Jokes didn't land as well, and you know, I I think. I don't know about your cinema audience. I went to see in the watershed in Bristol, which is obviously their art cinema. Uh, so like with a relatively busy them. crowd <laughs> and you feel like it was made for those kind of people. They probably knew that what they were expecting um, as opposed to maybe like your multiplex where I imagine you might've had a busier uh, audience because you know, the TikTok trend was making Wes Anderson big for the last few months. It's like 30 so people in our screen. Just as very centrally framed sections film that, the symmetry yeah. yeah they took one element of his filmmaking stuff and just repeated it anyway enough about the tiktok yeah. trend um but yeah, yeah i just kind of... i just i don't know were, were you my audience i don't think we're laughing that much like, um i there was like audience. there was about one or two people i heard like out, out loud laugh um in a couple of was scenes was it you but... <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, well, I, I probably did about thirty to thirty chuckles. And I, 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 you know, there's never outward laughs here, but I, I, I giggled, I giggled, I had, I had fun. I, had fun I feel like fun. I can remember two. Oh dear, I could just like a stone, <laughs> stone fist. <laughs> but like, I still liked it. Like this thing, like I didn't dislike it. I just, I just left the, like I think I was all for it in the first half, and I think in the in the second half, I, I kind of was like, is this going anywhere? And I didn't feel like it did. You said show it, show it at the screen. Is this going anywhere? Is this going anywhere? <laughs> I was like, oh, it just left me feeling a bit cold. And it was a shame because it was less than 24 hours after Indiana Jones. <laughs> Both films are kind of came out going like, yeah, okay, it's fine. Um, I think I preferred Asteroid City to Dial of Destiny. Right, that's the right answer. That being that's said, the- actually, no, I, I don't really feel the urge to rewatch either of them anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. I get, I get it. I get it, man. I mean, I completely agree with Indiana Jones. It's, you know, this is our warm up. I think we've got some, you know, July is looking good. July is looking tasty for some good releases. So, yeah, I mean, we are looking at potentially, um, you know, if if they're all to be as good as as the hype suggests, then three very good films in uh, I, uh, Impossible, Barbie, I, I and Oppenheimer. Referring, yeah, Barbie and Oppenheimer. There's no like, like critic response yet though is there uh, i believe some people have seen oppenheimer i don't know critically but i think there's like word of mouth saying it's good not sure anybody's kind of seen barbie have you not, at least not revealing anything yet? but like the hope is it's going to be good it'll probably do well and it kind of needs to because i mean so many films are losing money this year um that we kind of need some big wins in the in the summer blockbuster but mm. i also think hollywood do need to learn their lessons and maybe just like Lower the budgets, man. Yeah. We aren't yeah. watching films like we used to. Um, and that is, you know, partly the pandemic's fault and um, partly the fault of Marvel films, partly the fault of streaming. All these films are available to stream not long it's, it's, after they uh, have been released these days. So, uh, you know, it's it's the whole, it's the, it's the, we're living in the period of distribution and, you know, as much as we talk about A24 a lot and we like to stress that, you know, they 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 mainly buy and distribute, um, 
films and they end up being usually quite critically successful. You know, everybody seems to seems to have to rely on a label to get them to the cinema. You know, if there's no sort of like stamp of approval of certification, then it's not worth me getting in my car and driving somewhere. I'm not going to take a chance on something that I haven't heard of. And I, I just I think we need to get out of that mindset that we need to be coddled on our way to going to see a film. You know, yeah. take a ch- take a chance. I mean, yeah, and 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 in turn, that allows our filmmakers to t- to make more risks too, because they're shackled too by the industry. Um, it's it's hard. It's 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 a we're looking at a time where, you know, it's kind of just a downward spiral. Our cinema chains are like going, you know, going into administration. Um, they're struggling just to get people to go. Um, yeah, I just, I just hope that there, we get some new filmmakers, break the mold soon, or some sort of commercial realization that we can we need to sort this out because we cannot lose this art form. If we lose cinemas, I'm literally going to jump off a, a roof. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can't. I like there will never ever be the experience of seeing a film in on a big screen compared to home. It doesn't matter how good your sound system is or your how nice your TV is. It's just never going to beat that experience of taking yourself away from your phone away from your house and sitting in a dark room with a bunch of strangers seeing a big movie that you've been excited for it's just yeah so true so true but on the other side of that coin i try not to go on the weekends anymore <laughs> uh it's 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 hit and miss it's hit cinema miss. etiquette has gone out the window <laughs> oh dude honestly honestly I, I, when i went to see indiana jones i was the only person in that whole screen that wasn't holding a hot dog <laughs> oh god <laughs> i like one stinky I, showing it's, it's the smell i know it's like wait, i don't get these i think these you know i won't say the brand or anything like there's these there's these hot dogs that you get in like your local garage or shop for like a pound and like they'll like happily buy them in these cinema chains the same brand for six or seven pound and like you know it's like can you not eat bef- oh, sorry i know i'm probably offending some people like you can eat you can eat you can eat it's fine oh, I, no. just- I mean i worked in a cinema uh you were just rolling those things on the heaters all day sometimes like disgusting <laughs> nachos with big jalapeno peppers like scattered on top of them, like yeah, perfect. Oh, yeah, the That's cheese good. sauce that came out the of a cheese bag. Sauce. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, it's 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 a strange time. I always like I always if I'm going because I'm I'm surrendered to the multiplex. Um, unlike yourself, but I just tend to go like weekday weekday nights. They're good. They are good. Yeah, yeah. Makes you tired for work, but it's worth it. <laughs> when it's worth it, it is. It or is go, to, or go if you have the pleasure of an IMAX screen near you. Go see an IMAX screening of a film because people pay more to get into that screen, so they tend to behave themselves more because they That's want to true. see a movie too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Bristol is sorely lacking an IMAX, but you'll get you'll get one. You'll get one. I'm I sure. We ha- I think we had one. <laughs> <laughs> no one nobody wanted to go to it so yeah. <laughs> i would like to see oppenheimer in it but um uh, yeah. or like the big screen i think the watershed are doing 35 millimeter uh screenings of it which which mm. would be nice but also oh, their, yes. their their screens aren't huge yeah but uh, yeah. it's the experience isn't it it's like you're, yeah. you're you go there to be surrounded by your people so that's why that's why exactly exactly uh always always good cinema etiquette in uh in um, a couple of times I've been, I've been very impressed. Always very good. However, very difficult, and you feel uncomfortable having to like leave for the loo or anything. Like they're very difficult to get out of the aisles without everybody yeah, having like to stand. Theater up. seats, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I try to go on an, on an edge 
so that like if I do need to go out <laughs> to the loo, then uh, I'm not upsetting everyone. But it does feel a little bit more awkward in person. I'm not gonna lie. Do you get well, to take a beer in with you though? Always love that. Exactly. Yeah. Si- I remember going in there on a hot summer's day with cider, and it was like, oh, it was so good. It was bliss. I got yeah. a cold cider, and I got to watch a great movie. So especially yeah. if you like daytime, like a daytime buzz while you're watching a good film, like, nothing better than. <laughs> yeah, and you don't and you don't feel crappy because when you go to a multiplex during the day, you feel crappy because you're the only person sitting in the room and you're like i should be at work <laughs> and, uh, then, and then whenever you go to the watershed there's people like there, there's full screens during the middle of the day and weekday and you don't feel so crappy so there's that too as well um yeah we probably overthink this stuff most people just go see a movie but we have to put everything it's all, we put, put our lives into this it's, it's, the stakes are so high <laughs> So true. So true. Well, the, anyway, the, anyway, that goes our anyway. reviews of Indiana Jones. <laughs> we said we would go over an hour. We've got over an hour. Oh, it's, well, he's a, you know, Indy, to be Indy honest, such a big movie. Big, yeah. Movie. I had to get into it. You know, we had to. Yeah, it's important. It, it's important to us. We talk about like we talk about Indiana Jones a lot. You know, outside of the podcast. You know, I feel like I think we talk about Harrison Ford a lot. I think we just we yeah. sit we sit and play video games and we would just do Harrison Ford impressions. I thought you were gonna say we do Harrison Ford. Um yeah, still would. <laughs> <laughs> Part time <laughs> Best line in Kingdom. Best line. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> No, I think that does it for this week's episode of the Film Angle before we go down a, a path of no return. Absolutely. <laughs> As always, please listen to us. Uh, follow us on, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. You can follow us at the Film Angle on Instagram. Um, TikTok, I mean, like, I dip my toe in it a little bit. I'm not, you know what, I, I've, I've surrendered to the fact I'm not a TikTok content creator alex oh. i'll leave that stuff to you yeah um, i know it's my face dog. all over it god damn it yeah it was, yeah that's why it's not successful <laughs> yeah some of the videos are <laughs> yeah the ones with your is it the ones with your gold retriever it's very pretty very pretty yeah yeah. Social media loves dogs, right? <laughs> no, but um, we're you know we we tried to post as much as all uh, as much as possible. So yeah, definitely Instagram is your best place to follow us at, at the moment, and also you can find our handles to our letterbox accounts on um on our Spotify page and Instagram as well. But for now, this has been the film angle. It's been great talking to you this week, Alex. We enjoyed it. It has, it has. We'll be back onto our bfi lists and and all that kind of stuff next week yeah i don't think there's that much new release i think we got pixar's elemental this week i i'm not gonna be racing to catch it especially what i've been hearing from it you know i've heard it's okay but um i'm not gonna be driving driving on my way to see catch up with pixar's new effort unfortunately so i think next week we will be a nice catch up with the bfi list so which is always kind of like my favorite episodes i'm looking forward to that you never know you might be watching a five-star masterpiece so you know exactly exactly which is always like an exciting promise so that does us for now see you guys later goodbye bye